When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Day two of Michigan Week. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, and you. Busy show. Numbers to get in. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com. Give me a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio and can chime in also on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle at Hale Varsity. Connor, your Twitter one more time. Is it C underscore Clark underscore 27? That is correct. It's the one with all the underscores. So tell me about the 27. Well, uh, my birthday happens to be on February 27. Okay, you're a February kid. All yes. right. That'll get you a nickel raise. <laughs> Febu- I'll take it. I'll fellow, take it. Fellow, you're like, <laughs> money, yes. All right. <laughs> but you know what? Going to be uh, an incredible environment Saturday. We are going to be doing a live tailgate uh, not far from uh, 10th and Vine. It's going to be awesome with our friends at Gary Michaels Clothiers. Uh, Navant and Uncle Nate having us out three to five with a uh, an in-person Bill Dolman sighting. Uh, he doesn't really have a choice. It's either going to be by Trank Dart or just duct tape, but he'll be... Uh, Riding shotgun Saturday, 3-5, to five, so we're excited for that. Of course, uh, Gary Michaels, your official uh, clothier of the well, the Unity Walk that you saw in Nebraska, all suited up, ready to go. And uh, they conducted the interview last Saturday. How does it go this Saturday against Michigan? Uh, you got so many dudes uh, in the, the maize and blue, right? Harbaugh's recruited incredibly. They have an identity there. Kind of, they're kind of like Harbaugh. Finally, they've quit jacking around. They've shuffled through so many coaches. You got an NFL guy as your D coordinator after Don Brown uh, left, and it's. It, I get a little bit of a similar feel uh, to to the Michigan State game as as we're into Tuesday, and what I mean by that is I, I know that that Michigan's got. Corum and Haskins as as a really incredible one-two punch. Corum also uh, just uber dynamic in in the return side of things. And Cade McNamara, all all the pedigree, all the talent. I mean, he's he's your typical four or five star quarterback at Michigan. The only difference is is he's still there, right? Because Michigan's had so many guys just leave the program. And you know, with Michigan State, you know, you needed to stop Walker and see if Thorne could beat you. And, and Thorne, while accurate and okay early, when push came to shove, uh, Nebraska's defense went went boa constrictor on any offensive output that, that Michigan State tried. 
Uh, Michigan's field goal kicker's really good. Their punter's nice. So all the phases are are there uh, on top of what uh, what Johnson can do as the deep threat at wide receiver. And you've got Ross and you got Hill Green and Aiden Hutchinson uh, and Ajabo. I mean, their front seven's nuts. So uh, what Michigan will want to do and has been able to do uh, when you look at at the Wisconsin game and the Washington game is they are so fast and physical and aggressive that uh, they'll, they'll get after Nebraska. Now uh, that could play into Nebraska's hands because you can be fast and physical and all that, but Michigan hasn't seen, and this isn't to put undue load on Adrian Martinez shoulders, but he is what he is. And that is a dynamic playmaker that can torch you with his arm and his legs. And you're not going to see a quarterback. You're not going to be able to really simulate a quarterback like that. Now, Adrian's going to need O-line help. He's going to need skill receiver help. He's going to need running game help like he had against Northwestern. But when push comes to shove, man, Adrian's been in a 100 ball games, and he's played well. And he's played well enough uh, with the offensive side of the ball, barring a special team screw-up or a turnover, that Adrian's had Nebraska moving between the 20s a lot. Don't kid yourself, 2018 still in the memory bank of a lot of the kids that are still on the Nebraska football team with just how they got backhanded. Uh, welcome to the Big Ten, Adrian. Welcome to the Big Ten, Coach Frost and, and Michigan and Winovich and all those guys went crazy in, in the big house, and that was uh, a tough one. That was a, a really... A little bit too long under the water for the baptism for Nebraska and some of the kids in 18. You don't forgive, nor do you forget, if you're Nebraska without with that outing. Uh, stat I saw this week was that teams are 13-23 and 23 following playing Wisconsin. Nine of those wins came against the eventual bottom feeder of the East or the West Division. So while Wisconsin's reeling a bit, they still body blow you. And the Big Ten's never kind with how they stack their schedules. It's it's a death march. And going from Madison, despite being able to put up 38, 38-17 win, <laughs> you go from, from Madison to Lincoln. And while Madison was not a night game, it was still a snot knocker. Now you come into Lincoln and, and Mitch Sherman nailed it in his column with what is at stake. Nebraska has more opportunity for a breakthrough, but the roller coaster that this season has been, the start against Illinois, the near miss against Michigan State, you're right there against Oklahoma, you do your job and do it well uh, against Northwestern where you're not phased by back-to-back heartbreaks. Uh, it is absolutely a, a chance for a breakthrough moment. And you've got a stout defense. You've got renewed focus on special teams that you hope is better two weeks later from East Lansing. And your X factor is Adrian Martinez, coupled with, let's see if this offensive line can do it two weeks in a row against a remarkably much better front seven and defense in general. I look for a street fight. I look for a ball game that that if 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 Adrian gets help, he can he will he will be 
If Nebraska kicks that door down, as Mitch said in his column, it's cracked. It's a it's a it's a game Nebraska can kick the door down. Yes, it moves them to four and three, but it's a bigger statement and it's a bigger conversation changer. If you're uh, if you're Nebraska, where this is your third crack at a ranked team, you've got three more on the schedule. We'll see what happens with Iowa. We'll see what happens with uh, Ohio State. Um, you've got you've got opportunity. And you got a bye week coming. Yeah, and this is a, a a great time to really put the foot down. And you've had all of this, and you can even go back to 2020, early in that year, maybe even 2019, wherever you want to go in the Scott Frost era. But this is a time to put your foot down, uh, kind of especially to the media, because it's been very popular to put Nebraska football, at least, in a very negative light, right? So this is a great opportunity for Scott Frost and his team to go out there in Memorial Stadium, if the atmosphere is half as good as it was on Saturday, I, I have no doubt in my mind it will be. I mean... Have you been here for one of these? Uh, that was my first night game. Okay. So, so from you, an outsider's perspective, that no, was pretty so awesome. you're So, you're gonna, it's going to be Freak Show Central in a great way, <laughs> all right? And just I grow, hope so. Growing up here, you, you've had the, the moments where Colorado would come in at night or be Oklahoma or a really good Washington team, like the the top of the charts for blood in the water, carnival-like uh, atmosphere was 2014 Miami. Mm-hmm. Finally, the Canes come to Lincoln, and uh, years of heartache by those guys drilling Nebraska, just the overall you attitude. And it was, you know, impressive win by Nebraska, but the place was just... People started pacing themselves at 6 a.m. Saturday, <laughs> that Saturday morning to get to kick off at 7. So it, you're going you're gonna to love it. You're going to absolutely love the moment, uh, the pageantry, and then these two storied programs. And the other side of this, too, is, is the Harbaugh factor, right? I mean, Michigan's been chasing Ohio State. Michigan's been good enough, but really, to, to their own fan base, they've underdelivered. They put a lot of guys in the league. But I think Harbaugh, for the first time in a while, is really comfortable with just what he's got and where he's at uh, with with just this team's identity. Let's uh, hear from Coach Chenander and get his take on things. He's set with the media today. Greg Austin, a nice review as well of, of how his offensive line played. Nebraska will be will be ready. But uh, it just kind of comes down to the, to the level and quality of opponent because Nebraska's margin for error against the previous ranked teams has cost them, and it'll be the same way Saturday night. Can you play clean, high-level, explosive football or at least hit your shots you take? Because Michigan's going to try and, and dictate on defense. I, I don't doubt Nebraska's defense is, as well as they are an improved and how they've continued to to move the needle, they'll be ready to go. And Michigan's good and explosive as well. I mean, it isn't going to be a repeat of, of Michigan State's outing. Is as good as Nebraska's defense is. Michigan's Michigan's got some dudes, right? They they just do. So you'll have to to, to counter back, and I I can't wait for it. Uh, here is the scouting report, the takeaway on that Michigan offense from Coach Chenander. Yeah, obviously they're uh, 
I think they're the number one rushing team in the Big Ten. Uh, they're physical. They're big up front. Uh, they do a lot of multiple uh, motions, a lot of multiple formations, and they're really good at the runs they have, and they're going to disguise those runs each and every week with a different shift, a different motion, a different formation. So you can't really get a beat on, you know, they're lining up in this set, here comes power. They're lining up in this set, here comes counter, because they run all their runs out of, out of the same formations, and it's different week to week. Uh, I think their running backs do a really good job. Um, they can put their foot in the ground and hit a hole, and if they hit a hole, it could turn into a home run. Uh, their receivers are physical in the run game. They use their tight ends in the run game, and the quarterback can pull it. So you're really playing 11-on-11 football, and they do a really good job running the ball. So that's Coach Chins with just the, the athletes Michigan has running the football and just how, how physical the O-line is. Think about Nebraska, though, that we've talked about and you'll get to see on display Saturday night is their depth. You know what, what D-Train's been doing. You know what Daniels has been doing. You know you've got Robinson. You know you've got Stilly. But it's nice to have Casey Rogers back because he's another another body. Uh, that's that's six deep right there. Uh, you know what, what Garrett and, and Tanner have done um, off the edge. They've been good. And then your, your two backers have been phenomenal with Henrich. Kolarovic has come in as kind of the third man but with Reimer, and, and don't discount your experience on that back end, right, with Deontay and, um, and, uh, and Dismuke. They, they are they're, they're so experienced, and they get downhill, and Nebraska's really the middle, right? How good are you uh, defensively in baseball, you're great up the middle if you're a if you're a playoff team. Well, it's the same way in football. You know this. Nebraska's been money. They have been money up the middle with 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 Daniels with the inside core, and then your two safeties. Teams haven't made a living or eaten much running up the gut, and that's going to be key. And Nebraska's been really good on the edge as well. They, they, JoJo Doman's been been incredible. Uh, let's hear uh, about the, the the pressure element here, uh, with you know with, with what's at stake. Can you change that narrative? Can you deliver uh, a signature win, a big win in the Frost era? Yes, is going to be the answer this year. Okay, Scott Frost and this Nebraska football team will get a big pelt on their wall. Uh, is it Michigan? Is it Ohio State? Is it Iowa? Who knows? Right? Is it Wisconsin? And I know Wisconsin's down, but you're not going to sneeze at, at a chance to beat Wisconsin. But Nebraska's playing well enough. They've got to keep that up. And Nebraska will take down one of these big teams. I think Joel Klatt's right on. question is, is it, is it the second week of October that it happens? Uh, more from Coach Jens. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you always embrace it, right? I told the guys the other day, you know, it's – you know, we, we have a saying on, on game day that, you know, we don't feel pressure because we know what we're doing. But you don't know what you're doing until you've prepared on Saturday. And I told those guys, there's pressure this game. It's a ranked team coming in. It's a big-time game on ABC. Pressure's a privilege. Pressure means people are watching. Pressure means we got a job to do. So there's some pressure put on, but that pressure is going to be relieved on Friday and on Saturday when we know what we're doing. Then we just go play football. Great answer and wonderful mindset. That's why you sign up and play. And it's wonderful to be confident and playing good football to be ready for a team like Michigan. 
Uh, we talked about Adrian is your X Factor. Jojo Doman's been Mr. Do-It-All. Sets the edge, TFLs, sure tackler, flies to the football. He is playing great, great football. And, and more from Chan, Chins, his last thought here uh, on Jojo. <clears throat> yeah, you know, stats, I guess I don't read the stat line. Uh, you know, when it comes up on the, the tweets or whatever, I guess it's on there. But uh, I think JoJo's done a really good job of embracing his role and allowing the plays to come to him that are supposed to come to him. And guys are doing that all across the board, the inside backers, the DBs, the defensive line. When the play's theirs, they make the play. And JoJo's done a really good job of executing his job and his assignment. His eyes have been correct. And he's playing at a high level and he's doing things the right way. And I think that uh, he understands now as opposed to maybe a, a couple years. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Coming up, we'll have play-by-play man for Michigan to, to preview the Wolverines, Jim Brandstatter. In about 35 minutes, uh, Tuesday with Kaz. Good Kaz's take on Saturday night. We welcome in with the athletic Mitch Sherman at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, good to be with you. Thanks for the time, man. And uh, you know what? A lot of fun moments is you've covered Nebraska football, but uh, not a lot of Michigan moments in Memorial Stadium. No. No, I remember one um, when Denard Robinson was hurt a few years ago and the Wolverines didn't have much at quarterback beyond him, and it was uh, a good day for Nebraska. But for the most part in this series, or I should say in all of Nebraska's series against the Blue Bloods of the Big Ten over the past decade, it's been it's been pretty rough. And, and few more rough than that last time the Huskers went to Ann Arbor, but Getting uh, getting them in in Lincoln is a, is a different story, and you know I think this is a different team and a much different situation than than 2018. Mitch, what's what's Michigan going to be rolling into? What, what's in your mind's eye even days before kickoff? Well, we have to remember that a week ago we were having conversations about Nebraska as a team that got in its own way and made mistakes really at every turn and and prevented uh, its own its own chance at at victory. So one game against Northwestern I don't think has has completely altered those tendencies. If Nebraska reverts, and reverts isn't even the right word because it hasn't been, it's not removed far enough from some of those issues to say that it's in the past. But if Nebraska takes a step back after going a couple of steps forward last Saturday, then Michigan is not the right opponent to, to, uh, to walk into that trap against. They'll They'll take advantage of mistakes, and they're not likely, Michigan, to make a bunch of mistakes themselves. So it's got to be a clean game, most likely for Nebraska to win, because Michigan at 5-0, and the way that, that Jim Harbaugh's team has played this year, the one thing they've shown is that they're tough and they're physical and they're not just going to hand it over with, with the kind of mistakes that really we saw from Michigan last year and that we've seen from Nebraska for a long time. But this is a confident group now at Nebraska, just based off of uh, that that performance on Saturday night, I didn't come out of the blue. I think it had been building with the way that the Huskers played, really on both sides of the ball, not on special teams, but on offense and defense. It had been it had been brewing, and they put it all together. They got confidence at the beginning. 
and they built on it as the game went along. And it went from being the kind of game where you thought, okay, when is the moment going to happen where Nebraska lets Northwestern back into this thing to, uh, yeah, hey, this is, this is a blowout. This is, uh, you know, this, is, this is the kind of game that we've just not ever seen in this Nebraska-Northwestern series, at least not with these two teams both in the Big Ten. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Mitch with The Athletic and uh, read him uh, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. And Mitch really loved your column yesterday uh, on the, the matchup. Uh, the door is cracked. <laughs> and you know what? This is a, a third opportunity. And, and you mentioned in your story about, about changing the narrative, there's a lot of season left. Nebraska's still at 3-3, three and three, but they've been playing a lot better, and they've been close. They've been close to uh, some big wins over some teams with small numbers in front of them. Now you get a top-10 team in. And uh, Nebraska fans and Coach Frost and the whole crew down there at 10th and Vine, they've been kind of waiting for that, that breakthrough moment. And, and they've had some, some, you know, respectable wins. But this would be kind of a wow win where it doesn't define you, but, man, it really can enhance you. Yeah, this would be bigger than Oklahoma, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, because it's in the conference and because of where it sits in the season. And, you know, Oklahoma maybe had some more wow factor if Nebraska had found a way to pull that thing out in, in week four. But, the, but this is week three, the fourth game. But this, this one is more important in the context of the season and what it can mean for Nebraska's program and its, its movement forward. I like what Scott Frost, the way that he laid it out, and, and he was describing how he laid it out for his team, and in small chunks the rest of the way. They've got two games, Michigan and Minnesota, a bye week. They've got two games, Purdue and Ohio State, a bye week. And then they've got two games, Wisconsin and Iowa, before the end of the regular season. And that, if you look at it like that and you're in that locker room, I think that, that helps you avoid getting out in front of yourself and, and getting too far down the road. And, and there's a tendency to do that when you play a game like this because of how important you know that it is not just for the, the, the season and the, the narrative of the season, the, 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 the landscape of this season, but also for the program in general. And, and I, I think that's been a problem for Nebraska uh, in some, some, some moments of this, this year. I think it, it, when, when they've gotten it, when they've stopped and, and thought about how a bad situation might affect them over 60 minutes of football or even over – over a much larger period, it's when you've seen those mistakes compound on themselves. And I'm talking specifically about that into the second, into the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter against Illinois. I think they got caught in that trap. And maybe even after the punt return against Michigan State, it was like, oh, here we go again. And, you know, Nebraska was, was down at that point, didn't really give itself much of an opportunity to win that game, even though it was tied in the, in the final minutes. So that's what you got to avoid. Uh, in, in this, this next stretch, and that's why I think it's good to, to break them into those two-game seasons because you can look at it in much smaller chunks and not get overwhelmed by, by how much is at stake uh, in a six-game period. Mitch, uh, a lot of talk with Coach Austin today and, and the offensive line. And, you know, is Nebraska ready to up their game on the offensive line against that, that Michigan front seven? It's not going to be 427 rushing yards. I can tell you that. Uh, that's, that that's what we <laughs> saw sure? last week against. <laughs> I, 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 if it is, I'll. Uh, I don't know. I'll. I'll. I'll eat my words next no, you're week. Good. But you're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, it, it looked like a different offensive line. It looked like a rebuilt group, and it looked like Nebraska took very seriously that, that commitment to change what had been going on in the first five games. Uh, with Teddy Prohaska coming in at left tackle and, and Nuri Nuili coming in at left guard and, and the switch across the line by Turner Corcoran. That was a significant change. You know, you had 60% of your positions that, that, were, that were remade in a, in a one-week period, and, you know, that could probably backfire. But I, I think Nebraska knew that it was doing it against an opponent that was going to be more forgiving, uh, not to that level, the expectation was not to that level. It, it, everything exceeded expectation on Saturday night with the way that Nebraska's offensive line played, not just in opening holes for the running backs but and Adrian Martinez, but also protecting the quarterback and, and you know keeping his jersey clean, as, as Nuri said, said after the game. So uh, big step forward, but, but as we've heard many times you know, from, from Adrian, who's like a coach, and, and from Scott Frost this week, it was one game, and they don't want to get too excited about that. Well, they have stayed pretty humble. Um, there's been instances in the past over some years where Nebraska doesn't bring the same intensity the following week and there's a letdown or a loss. I think you've got a, a mature football team with Nebraska. Let's talk about Adrian and, and his task on Saturday. He's got help around him, at least going off of Northwestern and the offense's uh, been been better. There's more weapons, right? And we'll see if the offensive line can can continue to play uh, pretty competent football. Big big ask, big challenge. But is it as simple as is Adrian's dual threat being a, a a big time difference maker? If Nebraska is to win, I mean, is that a given? Does that have to happen for Nebraska? Yeah, and and then and then him using the weapons around him. I mean, he's going to be the focal point in Nebraska's offense no doubt because of uh, the type of player that he is and the experience that he has in this system and the way that he runs that thing. He's, he's doing it at a high level, a higher level than at any point in, in his four years. But, uh, you know, it, it, with him, it, 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 a big part of it has always been those weapons around him. And it's, 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 it's notable to think about these last six months and how Nebraska has had a lot of injuries at the running back spot in the spring and then you had major issues with the tight ends at one point, you know, where Chancellor Brewington and, and Chris Hickman were your starters because the top two guys were out. And then you've had a flurry of injuries with the wide receivers. And right now, you know, save for Gabe Irvin, who's out for the year as a, at the running back spot with a knee injury, they're as healthy, they're more healthy than they've ever been, which is, is that's, that's saying something. Six games into the year, you, you're, you've played six games in six weeks. And they're as healthy, uh, really, all over the team, but but notably on that uh, those offensive skill spots that as they've been all year. So that's uh, and you have Jacquez Yant coming back into the mix. We may have Thomas Spadoni coming into the mix. I, I wouldn't count on him this week because he just got back to practice on Monday. But that's that's intriguing uh, to think that he could be uh, on the field this month, helping Nebraska as another playmaking tight end. So that's Adrian's got to got, got to be focused on getting those guys around him involved. Michigan will find a way to to neutralize or try to neutralize him if 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 he's not uh, incorporating all those weapons on the offensive side. But he did a great job of that against Northwestern, and I expect to 
to see him him do a nice job of uh, of bringing everybody together again. Mitch, we'll wrap up here, and the black shirt's task is yes to stop the run, but what else does does McNamara present and some of the other Michigan weapons? What's what's the black shirt's job? What what gets mission accomplished for them Saturday? Well, it is about stopping the run. Michigan is content to just run that ball and run it, and if they're getting first downs, they're going to keep doing that. They've got a stable of backs who are strong and powerful and, and you know, move the – they fall forward, they move the, move the line. So they, they don't need to play – they're not like Oklahoma. They don't need to play, you know, 15 possessions. Uh, they're, they're, they, they, can, they can play slow and methodical and, and be happy to get out of Lincoln with a, a 21-10 to 10 win or something like that. So – uh, Nebraska has to has to prevent Michigan from being able to do that to just just to grind it out. Um, McNamara is not prolific as a passer. He's thrown just 83 passes all season in five games. So you're looking at about 16 a game. And that's after throwing 28 against Wisconsin, which which had a nice uh, did it did a decent job of slowing Michigan early in that game in, in the in the in, on the ground. But Michigan stayed at it. They were persistent and they knew what they wanted to do and they and they they finally got it done. Ended up scoring 38 points, so it's a tough task against this offense. They they are they are physical, um, and, and McNamara has has not been sacked once this year. He has not committed a turnover. So, like, like I said, they, they offensively they just don't do things to beat themselves. Mitch, we'll see you Saturday night. Should be awesome. Thanks for the time today, bud. Okay, thanks, Chris. There he is, Mitch Sherman, with us. Uh, more thoughts from uh, the Nebraska coaches. Hail Varsity continues. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Good to hear from him. Takes on Nebraska, Michigan as the showdown Saturday night under the lights. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. We got into some food discussion uh, yesterday with Garrett Nelson, specifically pizza. Uh, our dear friend Ted wants me to to order Giordano's uh, next time in Chicago. I'm in Chicago, and and Ted, I've I've been and I like it. I'm just not the super deep dish. As Connor Clark will now shut my mic off because he's a Chicago kid. You're not wrong. I can uh, have it delivered frozen to Lincoln. I'm just more of a New York style thin crust guy. Well. Speaking of Giordano's, it's not even technically my favorite deep dish pizza. I'm a big Lou Malnati's guy. See, Lou's is good too. You got to get like the giant sausage, right? Exactly, right? that's my favorite one. Right, the 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 the, the Lou, the Lou sausage uh, choices, mm-hmm. poorly it's, worded it's on my wheel, part. It's but the wheel it's, of sausage. It, it's really good. It's it's fantastic, <laughs> and uh, we're uh, we're interested to see how things shake out. Of course, Iowa City, uh, the venue as well. So. Uh, Penn State, Iowa, pretty big time. We'll get Coach Kaczynski's take on that, but plenty of Nebraska focus with Kaz coming up next hour. And then uh, Jim Branstadter, longtime voice of Michigan football, uh, All-American there, as uh, he will make his first trip to Lincoln since 2012. So let's get a few more thoughts here uh, from the Nebraska coaching staff. You heard from Coach Janander uh, with uh, how things are, are rolling there. Let's uh, focus a little bit here on, uh, on on Greg Austin. Let's get an O-line report. And you send me that yet or no? The screenshot on that? It should be on the same one. Is it? Okay. Let's. Uh, These are the top three. 
Gotcha. Okay. So when we look at Coach Austin and the offensive line, let's let's kind of hear his take on things. You, you had to reshuffle. Nebraska performed well, but uh, but overall, uh, he's got to be pleased. But no knows more works ahead. Maybe it's a mature kid. You know, we knew came in as a mid-year <clears throat> that he was going to be a good player early uh, and uh, you know just continuing the develop, development process all throughout fall camp and then uh, we got an opportunity to uh, give him a go this past week and he answered the bell so proud of him that was on teddy with what he uh, was able to do uh more from from coach austin and just the reshuffle because you move turner to the right you had Teddy and you had Neary in at left guard. At college, not really. In the NFL, yes. You know, heck, you got a 20, 20 week season and you got to get a guy that just you just got off the street, prepared, ready to go. You know, so you just kind of kind of put your mind in that in that mindset. You know, generally speaking, rarely would you have the starting five guys you know, in the NFL that you begin with there at the end of the season. You know, if somebody's going to get put on IR or short-term IR or whatever, you know, so this kind of same situation, you know, you get, you know, you got a guy flipping aside and you got to bring a guy up, you know, um, Neary had played a lot of right and left, you know, so getting him dialed in to only left, you know, with the technique and the communication, et cetera, et cetera, you know, uh, and, and, you know, a lot can be said about Cam Jurgens and Matt Sichterman, you know, because those are the guys that uh, were the glue with, behind this whole drill. So that is not unnoticed. The job Cam did direct in traffic. You saw Sichterman play his best football game, and you had good communication, and, and you had guys doing their jobs. And you had Turner and Sichterman hold their end down. You had a really good combo and comfort with Neary and, uh, of course, Teddy. And listen, not to, to go full bore love fest because it's one start, although you saw some good moments from, from Teddy early this season. But you have a guy in Teddy Prohaska that is, well, he's committed. He's uber-talented, but you hear the, the M word a lot. You hear mature. Uh, that, is, that is the reality. And he's physically gifted. He's got long arms. He's strong for his age. He came in early. He's got good footwork. He's not phased. And Scott Frost told me or told us that he's just he's got a little, little anger to him. Uh, more from Greg Austin here when it comes to adversity. He was asked, you know, what's this season been like for you? Not really sure what number that well, is. I don't have the, the screenshot. It's not sending to you, but uh, we'll get that going. Yeah, I mean, every season has its own personality. You know, every every season does, and every season has its own adversity. You know, and, um, you know, you got to take it for what it is and – um, you, know, you look yourself in the mirror and say, I, mean, I got to get better at this, got to get better at that, got to get better at this and that, you know, and you got to be real with yourself, you got to be real with the kids, you got to be real with, you know, everybody, you know, can't run from it, 
got to freaking say, hey, you know, you get, you put your head, you, you, you get back in the office and you and you keep coaching and you, and you keep trying to get better. You keep on stressing the things that you've been stressing and some of the drills you've been running that you know, you know, have been successful. And, you know, you try to make up new things to try to, you know, see what else can work and you go from there. And adversity is adversity and you, and you got to meet it head on. We've been able to run the ball around here you know, since I've been here, and this year we haven't been able to consistently. You know, well, you, know, you can just say, oh, you know, it's this, this, that, it's this. No, or you, you got to tweak the margins. You got to find a way to continue to get better every single week because it's life. So if I'm going to tell that to my girls, then I better be going to work and telling it to the boys too. You know, um, uh, because that's what I stress to them. And it is about the peaks and the valleys with this Nebraska offensive line. So we're talking about the guys that have surged forward and are now starting. Teddy and Nuri on the left side. Turner at the right side. What about the guys that you saw the first five games? What's Ben Hart? like what's Hickson like what's Piper doing but uh, pretty good message on on the guys behind that are now backups and what, and what they're what they've been doing and they're they're staying ready been hard you know certainly he got in and I, and I hated for him he had a you know, false start and, you know whatever but you know he had a good week of practice last week at it you know it's having a good week of practice this week you know uh, same you know as has been for Piper here for the last couple of weeks. You know, um, those guys, you know, they don't worry about all of that stuff. They just want to get better and they just want to, you know, do what they know they can do to, to, to get put themselves in a better position to, you know, play. Uh, so I tell them all the time, we need you. We, you're only called on. You know, we, you know, guy turns an ankle, guy does this, guy does that, you know, you're in. You know, and if you're in the tank, then that does nothing for for no for anyone for anyone. Yep, you've got urgency, right? You've got urgency. You had changes made. You had payoff with performance, and now it's uh, time to get ready again for Nebraska, Michigan. Jim Brandstad or his take on the Wolverines will wind down hour one. Reminder: seventy percent of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury by sixty percent. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling Up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, you get back to 500. You got a chance at Michigan this week. That means you're back on the bowl radar for Nebraska football. Guarantee it to me. The guarantee rate bowl in Phoenix. That would work out exquisitely well December 29th. Head down to my mom's, be in uh, shouting distance of Chase Field, and just do our thing. Uh, You have Nebraska v. K-State, and K-State doesn't like when there's a Martinez at quarterback. Just saying. So there you go. A couple of different projections have uh, the winner of Iowa-Penn State going to the playoff. That's pretty tasty. Michigan, don't count them out. Uh, They do have to go to 
Penn State. They also have to travel to East Lansing for that rivalry game in two weeks. They're in Lincoln. They host Ohio State. Maybe this is the year Ohio State gets whacked by Michigan. That's pretty bold and pretty early. Uh, as uh, Ohio State's looking a lot more like Ohio State uh, two weeks removed from from the Oregon debacle. Playoff baseball tonight, you'll hear it here uh, locally at ESPN Lincoln and several of our uh, affiliates around, also ESPN affiliates. I'm going to have to dust off my Red Sox jersey from way, way, way back in the day. I'm sure Junior and Mom will be wearing their Yankees gear. I halfway figured I'd, I'd throw it in, in the German Shepherd's kennel and let her have her way with it. Maybe chew up some of that Yankees gear. But then, oh yeah, I bought it, so that would be a waste. But it's one ball game to stay alive. Urban Meyer uh, got a public rec- reprimand from the Jaguars owner on social media. It is not good. There's a lot of work of trust rebuilding that needs to happen. He's, listen, he's going he's gonna to get sick again, and he'll find his way to USC. He's four games in. He doesn't like having control. He doesn't have to prove himself to people. In college, you are the dictator. Uh, you're just another guy that's a millionaire in a locker room in an NFL stadium. And that lack of control thing's bothering him on top of the fact they've lost four games, which is wearing him out. He can't take losing. That's why he got the hell out of Florida. That and his heart. So look for him to get out. Now he has commissioned the Jacksonville ownership to put together this monstrosity facility. I think they're either it's being built or he said, you want me in Jayville? Guess what? You're building a facility. 57, it's okay. Didn't work out for Spurrier. It worked out for Jimmy Johnson's. It worked out for Pete Carroll. It worked out for Coach Switzer uh, making that transition to the NFL. Doesn't happen all that often, and it's about a control thing. Now, he's got a boatload of money to go spend on free agents, but the word around... uh, NFL locker rooms is this guy is no good to play for. He's got no credibility. And the only thing was missing Friday night was about uh, 520s in each hand based on the video that's been released. So maybe he is one of us. (laughs) Kidding. Not Not all NFL guys visit the champagne room. Hour two on the way. Jim Brandstatter, voice of Michigan football. And then a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski, longtime Nebraska and Iowa assistant, his take on the big game Saturday with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Michigan 
Nebraska week. That sounds incredible as the top 10 Wolverines enter in. A longtime play-by-play man and standout offensive lineman for Michigan football, Jim Brandstatter with us. Jim, it's been uh, it's been a while, like since 2012, that you've made the trek to Lincoln. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're good. And I just can't wait for the mother of all helmet games, right? You talk to, <laughs> to Blue Bloods. You talk. I, I agree with you 100%. I get disappointed, you know, I think the Big Ten and their division, for some reason, it's it's weird because we don't play Nebraska. We should. We played them in Ann Arbor, uh, what, 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, we play Wisconsin like seven years in a row. We don't see Iowa or Nebraska for like 12 years. It just doesn't make sense. And I think they should be more equitable in the places. You know, people want to see this rivalry. People want to see this game. The conference itself doesn't allow that to happen because of however they do their scheduling on interdivisional games. So it's kind of weird. It has been weird, and when things when when Nebraska moved into the Big Ten neighborhood early on, I mean Nebraska was in Ann Arbor, and then uh, a couple of times, I think it was a three game stretch, eleven, twelve, thirteen, where Nebraska hosted. This is the first second time since uh, the the merge that Nebraska has hosted Michigan. They've been to Ann Arbor three times and uh, I think the last one it was the Randy Gregory coming out party in in uh, in 2013 but I tell you what one of the storylines this week is is two amazing quarterbacks two championship quarterbacks that have been leading their program and Harbaugh's done really well from afar from our take on things with getting Michigan back to you know winning eight nine ten ball games a year I know that the fan base up there wants more. And meanwhile, it's been a bit of a sputtering start. But Nebraska seems to feel like they're they're hitting some momentum. Things are stabilizing a bit. They're getting better under Coach Frost. And you know, Jim, what do you look at what do you look at with, with Harbaugh, what he was with what he's tasked to do and, and what he's been able to do? I know you, you do his coaches show as well, so you're so close to the program. Does it feel better this year for Michigan. Yeah, it does feel better. And, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, fans. I mean, fans at Michigan think we should win every game and that we should win a national championship every year. I mean, that's just the way fans are. Jim Harbaugh's only not done one thing since he's been here. Mm-hmm. He's beaten Michigan State. He's beaten Penn State. But he hasn't beaten Ohio State. That's the only thing that he hasn't done. He's won 10 games a year. He had a real bad year last year, but last year I don't even count because of COVID. So those are the kinds of things that people judge him on. And by not beating Ohio State, you don't get a chance to play in the Big Ten Championship, which means you don't win a Big Ten Championship. And once he does that, and he will sooner or later, Jim Harbaugh will be known as one of the really good coaches out there. I mean, I looked at last week's game against Wisconsin. Paul Christ is considered one of the better coaches in the Big Ten for what he's done at Wisconsin. He and Jim came into the league at the same year, and they basically have very similar records in numbers of wins and losses. And yet, you know, Jim seems to be on the hot seat where Paul Christ is celebrated. So it's, I think, all a matter of how you perceive it. I think Scott Frost is doing a great job, too. He's got a wonderful quarterback there, and he is beginning to turn that corner. Uh, and get Nebraska back to where Nebraska should be. But Jim Harbaugh is fine. He's done a great job. And this year this team is playing with great intensity, great emotion, uh, with a chip on their shoulder, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I think that's what kind of maybe has been missing in the past. But now I think they've got it. 
Jim Brandstad is with us, voice of the Wolverines, uh, all-conference performer, all-Rose Bowl team with uh, some of those great Michigan squads. Talking Nebraska, Michigan here, Hale Varsity Radio. Jim, I want to spend a, more, a little bit more time on Michigan, just specifically what is different about this Michigan team. What I've noticed, in, and I watched the Washington game, and I said, wow, Michigan's physical, they are fast, they are heavy with what they can do downhill running game-wise. But it seems like, I mean, you got a fast and physical defense, so you got a run game, you got a, you got a really good defense. But it seems like you have, uh, I don't want to say manager, but you've got competency at quarterback. Is that fair to say? I would say that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate McNamara is doing a great job from a standpoint of managing the game. I mean, he's not the guy that – he's not Adrian Martinez, who really is the – focal point, if you will, of the offense. You know, Kate is asked to get the ball to the right guy, to not make mistakes, to make the right throw and all that stuff. Whereas Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, I think he's the guy that's got to make some plays in order for that offense to go. And he is very capable of doing it. But I think the thing that Michigan has done, and you talked about it a little bit, the downhill running and the defensive physicalness, they have controlled the line of scrimmage. They have really, I think, gotten physical and controlled the line of scrimmage. The other thing I think is important, Jim Harbaugh in the offseason brought in a bunch of new coaches. I mean, basically their defense is all new from an assistant coaching standpoint. And he went to the Baltimore Ravens to get Mike McDonald as a defensive coordinator. And he brought in a lot of different concepts and different ideas than what Michigan had with Don Brown. And they have really, the kids have really bought into it, like, big time. And, and you said they're not only physical, but they're really athletic. I mean, their linebackers, all of them can run. Uh, they bring pressure from all different directions. They've got a safety in Dax Hill playing kind of quote-unquote linebacker, safety, mm-hmm. corner, nickel. I mean, he's, Dax Hill has just been all over the field. Those are the kinds of things that I think have created an excitement and have created an intensity uh, within the group, within the team. And the, and the offensive line has gotten better. They, they brought in Mike Hart, a former Michigan player, all-time leading rusher, to be the quarterback, excuse me, the running back coach. And, and he's brought kind of a different attitude. And I think Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins are having great years. Uh, it's no coincidence that Mike's their coach. And he brings an intensity with him. So does Ron Bellamy, a former Michigan player now, working on the defensive side of the ball with safety. So and that's the whole package and why I think Michigan is playing better. You saw, you saw it against Washington, and I think you're correct. It's, a, it's just a different look and a different feel. And I think a lot of it is, is about the young coaching staff, and it's about the players buying into this new system. Jim, it feels like you've got some of that old swag back, and it's in the form of, of Michigan guys kind of paying it forward, but also coaching and, and doing a good job of coaching these kids, kind of yeah. getting them up to speed. Is that fair? That's fair. I mean, I'll give you an example. Mike, Mike Hart was interviewed this offseason, and uh, some question came from uh, one of the media about, Mike, what about the expectations of Michigan Big Ten championships every year, da 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 And Mike says, yeah, I know. I grew up with that. And that's great for everybody in the uh, media and everybody that's a fan to have expectations. But at Michigan, within the building, we have standards. And we will meet those standards. And if we meet those standards, then expectations will happen. I thought that was a great way to answer the question, but I think it also 
goes to how he coaches and how they coach. Don't worry about the outside noise. You guys got to play better. You guys got to be the best you can be. Then everything else takes care of itself. And I think that whole thing has really resonated with this group of young men that play at Michigan today. now. Jim Brandstad is with his voice of the Wolverines previewing Nebraska and Michigan uh, under the lights, national audience, and uh, Blue Blood Showdown, 630 Memorial Stadium going to be just overflowing. And what an atmosphere it's going to be. And let's spend a, a minute on the defense, Jim, and the front seven. You, you mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Dax, Daxton and, of course, Hutchinson leading the league with five and a half sacks. Who are some other problems? I mean, I, Nebraska's got to figure out Hutchinson. Who else could eat on that Michigan D-line if, if there's so much attention paid to Hutchinson? Well, the guy you got to watch, too, is uh, Josh Ross. Number 12, he's an inside linebacker. He leads the team in tackles, and he's just everywhere. Uh, Dax, again, I think is important. Uh, Hutch, mm-hmm. don't forget David Ajabo. He's the other what they call edge rusher. That's the thing that Mike McDonald has brought in with him from Baltimore. You, you don't have necessarily defensive ends. You've got down linemen. You've got nose tackles. And then you've got edge guys. Mm. And Hutch has actually called him edge guy. And... Um, it's a different concept in the sense that they'll sometimes only have one down lineman actually in a three-point stand. And everybody else is standing up along the line of scrimmage. They'll bring them in from all different directions. And it's partly to make that pre-snap read by the quarterback a little suspect. Mm. Where are they? What are they coming with? Do we check out of a run? Do we check into a pass? And a lot of that is what Mike McDonald is trying to get that opposing quarterback to do. But Josh Ross is a key guy. I would watch him. Brad Hawkins is playing great at his safety position. Uh, and the other guy is Nakai Hill Green. Uh, first year starter, but one of those young men that you know played special teams and all of a sudden this year got it and blossomed. He can run. Uh, he, he is just a perfect compliment to Josh Ross. And that front seven is, is a tough group to handle. Ask Wisconsin. They could hardly get out of their own way until most of the first half was over. Well, what you're talking about with the confusing front uh, and a young Nebraska offensive line is is not soothing, (laughs) Jim. But uh, Nebraska looked a lot better with some of the shuffling they made on the O-line. Adrian's Adrian, their skill guys, and Nebraska's defense has been really hardy. And, uh, and confident this year. What's been your impression of Nebraska? They've lost a lot of close ones against some primetime opponents. Well, I, I, my impression of Nebraska is that uh, Adrian Thal world. I mean, I, I was doing my charts to get ready for the game uh, yesterday, and I looked at his numbers, and I went, he's one of only five quarterbacks in the Big Ten history to have 6,000 yards passing, 2,000 rushing. And he's not even done. No. I mean, come on. <laughs> Those numbers are impossible, so he he alone gets your attention. But here's the other one. Michigan State's an unbeaten football team. They are um, ranked in the top 15. I don't know whether they're 11 or 12 or 10. I don't know what they are now, but Nebraska's defense basically took them off the field. They didn't even get a first down in the second half. When you do that to a team that, let's face it, right now is one of the top 15 in the country, if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. And that second half that they played against Michigan State on the road will um, give anybody who has to play Nebraska a heads up. And uh, that, that I mean, Henrich is a great linebacker. Uh, uh, they're just 
they've got really good players, and and they're all put in the right place, and they play with great intensity, and they play hard. And uh, Doman's a great one. I mean, they're all over the place, and I like their whole their whole defense, and um, that, especially what they did against Michigan. I keep coming back to that. Because as you look at that second half, you go, holy, wow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, now they've gotten hurt. I, I, the Illinois game to me was an aberration. They're so much better than Illinois uh, in the opener. But, boy, this team has improved since that game to last week markedly. I mean, better than anyone in the country, in my opinion. Jim, what's, what's the flow like Saturday night? What do you think uh, this sets up to be? 24-21, more scoring, lean scoring. What's your feel as, as we're early in well, the week? I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I think Michigan's job is clear. You, you've got to somehow figure a way to limit uh, Adrian's impact on the Nebraska offense. I don't know how you do that, but it, but that's what Mike McDonald is probably staying up late nights trying to figure out. The second thing is, I think they Michigan State or excuse me, Michigan must run the ball. Um, I think they need to shorten the game and, and keep Peterson or uh, Martinez off the field as much as they can. Uh, and overall, I, I think you're looking at a defensive game. I don't think I think the winner. Um, if you get to 28, I think maybe you win. Uh, to score 30, I think for sure you win. Um, and that's and I mean it's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be intense. And I think, uh, you know, biggest key to me, and, and Michigan's been real good at it this year, is you cannot turn the ball over. Uh, if you turn the ball over in a stadium like Memorial with uh, the Nebraska faithful there, you're just going to turn that crowd on. And when you do that, that team, I think, gets turned on and they get better. So I think that's important. You've got to stay away from turnovers and the big plays for the other guys because momentum is going to be key. Well, Michigan's been great, and I was watching the Wisconsin game before we got ready for Northwestern at our pregame show, and I just saw the takeaways that Michigan had and then Michigan's ability to respond to momentum shifts. And I know Whiskey scored before half, and then you guys came out in third quarter and punched one in and then got another turnover and a field goal. Michigan, uh, fair to say they've been really good at uh, deflecting negative momentum for the other team. And I think your special teams has been really, really uh, valuable. It's always valuable. It's, it's, it's killed Nebraska. But Michigan, you guys have been really uh, key with some, some big-time moments in some games. Oh, I don't think there's any question that uh, Michigan special teams, and it's some one of those parts of the game that gets overlooked a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, we have not – we played um, – Rutgers, and they, they've got a wonderful return guy, yeah. uh, Aaron Crookshank. I mean, he's one of the best in the country. And Jake Moody kicked the ball out of bounds every time. He never got a chance to return a kickoff. I mean, that's you take one of the really great weapons from somebody basically out of the game with, with, by kicking it out of the game. And then we've got a, a Brad Robbins is great as a punter and directional. Blake Corum leads the country in all-purpose, or is close to all-purpose yardage leader. Part of that's because of his job returning kicks and returning kickoffs. So you're right, especially and Moody's been great at, at field goals. He's only missed one as long as 52. Uh, he's been a weapon, and the, and our coverage units have been great. So you're right. I mean that has been a plus for Michigan. Whenever they walk into a game and you win the special teams battle, that's one of the three phases that you need to win in order to win a football game. And so far this year, Michigan's. I think been unbeaten. Jim, we'll look forward to seeing you Saturday. Good to have you guys back. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, Chris. Good to be with you. Be be well. Jim Brandstatter, voice of Michigan. Good take on the Wolverines-Nebraska matchup. 
We'll get caught up with Coach Rick Kaczynski a Tuesday with Kaz. What's he see Saturday? It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski back with us, Nebraska and Iowa, of course. And Kaz, uh, going to be one of them nights. Uh, the stadium, uh, y- you know all too well, under the lights. Big name opponent coming in. The juice will be up. Should be pretty good. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Yeah, should be a, should be a heck of a weekend in, uh, in Lincoln. And, you know, they took care of business, so there's... This one just became, um, you know, important. So uh, national stage, night game, crowd will be juiced, and, uh, you know, coming off a big win. So conference play in the Big Ten, uh, be be interesting game. Looking forward to it. You didn't have to probably say too much to to, to amp up your dudes for the, the national stage helmet night game type setups, but when it comes to – to just being consistent or treating it like another game, even though the stakes are, are higher, or the hype is higher. How'd you go approach that with your kids? Well, you know, Schmitty, that, I, I was fortunate, as you know, um, to be around some some great coaches. I mean, even going back to uh, high school, you know, my high school mm-hmm. coach, Men of Georgia at one time was the winningest coach in the state of Pennsylvania before he passed. And then, uh, you know, being around Coach Holtz and then Coach Ferentz and then Bo. I mean, you, you look at those guys' track records. They won a lot of games, played in a lot of big games. Um, you know, what leads up to the big games is, is just like, you know, big plays. You know, you take, care of the, you take care of the little things and big things happen. But I think what you saw with, with all those guys uh, and most successful guys, I'm sure it was the same with Coach Osborne and, and Coach Saban. And, you know, you look at him after they – after they play Troy or they're playing Ole Miss or Texas A&M or LSU, it's the same. So I think you want to be consistent. Um, you know, there's enough outside noise. I mean, you're, <laughs> you know, you're a football player. You're a human. Um, you know, it's Michigan. You know, it's a top opponent. You know, you're in Nebraska. You know, it's a night game. You've got to block all that things out because, you know, when the ball snaps, it, it, really do, it, it really doesn't matter as a, as a player. you still got to do your job. So, you know, you just you just remain consistent, and you just you start off the week, and it's back to fundamentals. Uh, you know, when you're fixing mistakes, the, the only thing is you don't have quite as much time to fix mistakes when you play when you play a lesser opponent um, or a non-power five team, or or you know, uh, what you you might be able to make a mistake and not pay for it. Well, once you get into this part of the Big Ten schedule and conference play, um, you know, your, your mistakes are magnified. So the focus shouldn't, the focus shouldn't change. Um, probably what changes a little bit is, is, that, is that urgency. And you don't have to really stress that a whole lot because, you know, you're watching film with your players. They're watching the film. They know what's on the line. They know they're playing against talented guys. They know if they misstep, what you know, the consequences are greater against the Michigan offensive tackle than they are against a, uh, you know, all due respect to Fordham, but an Fordham offensive tackle. So, um, you know, 
I think the big thing is just kind of you know being consistent and doing what doing what you do because that's that's how you get better. That's how you get confident. You know, you do the same things over and over and over and over again. Uh, it's like studying for the test, and you know, uh, they got an exam on Saturday in front of ninety thousand people, man. But that shouldn't shouldn't change the way you study for the for the test. So, uh, you know, I think what you see successful coaches uh, is is remaining remaining consistent. But um, to say that there is an added juice and added fire, uh, and and just that feeding off the crowd, man, you, you know, you got the advantage there. And those guys know that. But I think when you go into a big game, what you do as a coach is make sure your guys understand it's their obligation and responsibility to keep the crowd into the game. And you do that by making plays. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Gaz, uh, what stuck out to you about Nebraska Northwestern? Let's go there for two seconds. Nebraska ran it well, threw it well, did whatever they wanted. Part of that was Northwestern. He also had a reconfigured O-line that, uh, that, that played well. It's the best that the lines looked, and you got to take a little bit of a uh, grain of salt with who it was, but it was still, you know, Northwestern, and uh, it looked a lot better. Did you see some improvement? Did, did, the, did the line and offense make any impressions on you? Well, you know, it's hard to watch that close on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but obvious, obvious improvement. And, uh, you know, I, I don't care, um, you know, what Northwestern is or any other team in the Big Ten. It's a Big Ten. It's a conference, it's a conference foe. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't matter who you're playing or how the opponent's playing. You know, it's how you execute your job, uh, how you play your technique and the type of effort, the things that you can control. What I saw on Saturday, you know, just uh, just being frank, I watched it till about 21-7 and, and had a pretty good idea that thing was going to end up in the 50s. <laughs> so uh, so I was, I, was flipping, I was flipping channels. But, uh, you know, from what I saw, you know, obvious progress. Uh, and I, I don't care if Northwestern's down, all that stuff. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're still on scholarship still Northwestern, uh, what you saw, a team that obviously had a good week of practice. Um, what you saw is an offense that got in rhythm because they stayed in front of the, in front of the chains. Um, it's not just the quarterback being in rhythm, it's the entire offense being in rhythm. And I think what you saw a lot of times, uh, especially in the early part of the game, you saw 11 guys on the same page. Uh, I think you, you saw a group playing with urgency you know, uh, there was, when you look at the coaches, there's just things that you see as a coach. When you look at close-ups, when Adrian's giving the plays, you can see in the eyes, you know, all those offensive linemen. It's funny, man, that the huddle gets closer. You kind of saw that, that confidence. You saw them running up to the line of scrimmage. You saw them all getting down at the same time. You saw them chasing the running backs, chasing the receivers down the play. You know what? And those things don't happen on Saturday. That's the stuff that happens during the week. And, what I liked about it now is I, I think you have a sense of urgency. I'm not saying there wasn't before, but guys are getting replaced now. And when you look at the Clemson, you know, down here, Clemson's lost two games, man. It's the end of the world. They're replacing guys. They're replacing, I mean, Dabo's talking about replacing coaches, responsibilities, changing position, you name it. You know, there's an urgency because he doesn't like the way they're practicing. Uh, you look at Coach Saban, he runs it like an NFL 
NFL camp. If you can't play, you're cut. And I think what you see, what, what obviously I'm not there. None mm-hmm. of us are there. So this is all opinion, but just going off experience and, and you know, being in the arena. Uh, when you play like that, you're starting to get guys, in my opinion, that don't want to lose their spot. When you don't want to lose your spot, when you got somebody pushing, when you got a chance to lose your job, guess what? You're bringing a focus and a fire to practice. And even though you can't simulate a game, okay, what you can do, you can create that adversity, you can create that pressure, uh, you can create that responsibility, and you can you can create that effort during a practice. That's going to prote- that's going to prepare you as close as you can for the game on Saturday. So I think what you got now, you got coaches basically telling guys, if you don't get it done, you're going to lose their job. And who the hell wants to lose their job, right? From a you know, twelve year old paper boy to uh, you know a sixty year old steel worker man who the hell wants to lose their job and I think you see that I think uh, that's what I saw uh, that's the feeling I'm getting so you saw a little bit more urgency in my opinion a little bit more focus I'm looking at these players eyes I, I I look at things I look at when Adrian's talking to these guys and where their eyes are you're looking at their body language you're looking at them running up to the huddle you're looking at them chasing the ball you're looking at them celebrating with uh, with their teammates you're looking at the sideline man and those are the things that I, I don't really watch a whole lot you know the actual plays you know I mean they watch technique here and there um, and what I saw when you don't get behind the change you're going to play a little bit better technique you got the advantage you know the count and I guarantee because they didn't jump off sides that they were able to change the change the snap count on Right, and that gives you that confidence. That gives you that edge. That gives you that fire. It gives you that advantage. And it, it, and, and now you're an offensive line, staying in staying in rhythm. Okay, and and let me tell you, you don't want to be that guy that jumps off sides, but you also can't be the guy who's who's worried about that. It's too hard of a game to go up there and have to worry about something like jumping off sides. That should be automatic, and that comes down to focus. That comes down to the urgency. That comes down to the the fear of of losing your job and being that guy. Who the hell wants to be that guy? And and also, you know what? I mean, football's not fun a whole lot of times. You want, but you want to be on that field, man. You know what's fun is the payoff and the investment. And I think what what you saw Saturday with that in performance, guys understanding. You know what? Okay, this is this is what it's about. I put some time in, man, and now it's starting to pay off. And 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 that's what you love as a coach, and um, you know that's what you love as a as a teammate. That's what you love as a team, and and you know, and then you get the fans involved. You do good things, you bring the fans juice, and you give them something to cheer about, man. Who the, who the hell doesn't like that, man? So um, so that's what you know. That's that's what I saw, but I didn't watch a whole lot because Nebraska was in Nebraska was in control, and I was going to put on a better game. For me, to be honest with you. Well, it's uh, nice to hear that there is uh, an in search of a better game <laughs> with uh, with Nebraska. Where the hell? Where the hell were those Northwestern teams though? When oh, I was you're, you're, that's what I wanted. Though. I mean, all due respect, they played well. They played well, uh-huh. but man, that is that is. Uh, that is not Fitz's, uh, one of Fitz's better better defenses, that's for sure. Rick that's Kaczynski's sure. with us. Kaz, uh, what, what sticks out to you about Jim Harbaugh, his task at Michigan, and what impressions have 
this year's Wolverine squad made. They don't win in, in Madtown often. They they did uh, uh, handily last Saturday. Yeah, in, in, no matter what, it's a Big Ten road win. It's, it's difficult. I, I don't care who you're playing, and I think you guys saw that week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, winning on the road is difficult, especially once you're in conference play. Uh, so to, to go in there, and handle that game. They pretty much played mistake free, um, you know, against a great defense. Wisconsin is not a good defense. That is a great defense. The defenses in the Big Ten are just astonishingly. They're, they're great this year. Uh, I mean, when you got as well as Nebraska is playing, I think heading into last week they were seventh in scoring defense. I mean, that, 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 I mean that's phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're in the top half of the league. They're seventh in the league. But uh, in their in their playing as good as defense as they played in in, in a decade, so um, you know that that tells you about the conference. It tells you about the coaching. That tells you about how difficult it is to to win in this conference. But anytime you go into Camp Randall and you can win, and really. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. I mean, let's be honest. So, since Moses was wearing short pants, I mean, Michigan's had players. There's never been a, a time period in the history of football where Michigan hasn't had great players. And they got great players. So what I like with Harbaugh is he, he, he adjusted, right? I think probably he was a little bit stubborn when he come in, probably thought it was going to be a little bit easier. But, man, I think, you know, even though he played in the Big Ten, um, not having coached in the Big Ten – as a head coach, uh, it's the best coaching, best coach league. And, and, you know, these guys know their stuff. You're playing against sound, fundamental defenses week in, week out. And what I think, what I like about Harbaugh is he, he's changed. You know, I mean, he, he, he wants to be a blue collar, run the football. Um, and, they're in, and he's patient um, this year. What I, he doesn't mind being second and nine, second and eight. He doesn't mind that, right? I mean, they're just going to keep pounding, pounding, punt play great defense and you can do that especially with the defense they have but what you look at Michigan they got great skill do they have a guy that just jumps off the screen at you they don't have an Anthony Carter they don't have a shoelace they don't have a guy like that right now but they got really really solid skill what I really like about Michigan right now they have built that thing from the inside out on both sides of the ball that is a nasty 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 front seven that they have and that is a that is a well coached front well coached front seven, and um, you know I know Wisconsin struggling offensively, but I don't care who Michigan was playing on, on last Saturday, anybody would have had a hard time moving the ball against them. So how do you go about it if you're Nebraska's offense? And let's get to Kaz's keys here. What what brings home a a win that Nebraska has not had for forever? Well, you got uh, you got Adrian. You know, you you got to use his legs. I mean, he's he's hard to bring down. And the one thing when you play against an aggressive defense like like Michigan is, you know, sometimes there's some inside out depth. Sometimes you have some guys that run past the quarterback. Now you got a three technique or a two eye that's got got a lot more ground to cover. Um, so sometimes when you have a quarterback like Adrian. And he can hurt you with your legs. I mean, being that aggressive, you're going to give up some big plays. Now they're not playing quite as much man as as they used to, um, but you know if you're playing man coverage uh, and you you don't play man coverage versus option football, uh-uh. I mean that's uh, that's 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 tough. That's a that's a tough uh, that's a 
that's a tough deck to handle there. So uh, I, I think the uh, the neutralizer and, and is Adrian's legs and his athletic ability. The one thing that Michigan that this defense hasn't seen is a guy like Adrian that can uh, that can that can move the ball that can that can make plays and that has that toughness to take a hit and then keep coming back. Huh? But also you're going to have to take some shots. You know you you can't let them line up gapped out. Uh, you can't let their safeties play at, at nine nine yards, ten yards uh, when they're in a when they're in a quarters look or uh, any type of two shell. You can't do that. You got to be able to to take the top off the defense and and I think Nebraska has some guys that can do that. I think you saw that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Teray, um and you know Omar, and you just you know you go down the list, man. Nebraska's got some skills now that that you have to protect. The vertical seams now, and I don't think they've had that in you know since since we were there in 2014. So that's that's one thing that I think Michigan has to defend that you haven't seen them be forced to defend this year so far. So uh, so I think that's uh, that's going to be a challenge for that's going to be a challenge for all all teams in the Big Ten, but especially for a team like Michigan that's extremely aggressive in their front seven. You know, they might get you behind the count a little bit, but anytime you bring that type of pressure, anytime you play a lot of man, uh, you know, you're you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to give up some big plays, especially when you have the skill that Nebraska does right now, um, especially at the quarterback position. Gaz, a uh, thought with um, with that Michigan front seven. Hutchinson's been, been uh, getting the, the pub well-deserved, but their middle linebacker's nuts. They're... Other defensive ends good. They have like one guy that's got his hand in the dirt, and then they kind of mosey around. How big a pain in the you know what is that for an offensive line to to get down? Just the different. And I know the the new D coordinator is not not Don, but he's from Baltimore, uh, and uh, things have really connected well with the new coach and what what talent lies on that front seven. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Hutchinson, I think he's been there like nine years now. I mean, I swear to God, I know his dad was a great player there, but, that, you know, it's a Michigan name, but I swear he's been playing football a long time. Um, but, you know, in, in, but he's a leader, man. You know, uh, that dude likes to play football. I mean, that, that's, that's, what, that's what you see in the, in the, front, in the front seven. You've got a bunch of dudes that love, love to play football. Uh, but, you know, when you're sitting in a conference room, when you do this for a living, uh, you can figure you can figure anything out. You know, when you got six, seven guys sitting around a room looking at a screen for 12 hours a day, um, you know, you figure out uh, when the ball snaps, somebody's getting to something that at some point somebody else ran. So nobody, nobody's nobody's creating a new defense. Uh, you just got to figure out, you know, okay how you're going to identify this when the ball snap basically they're getting to a four three under they're getting to a four three over all right or they're getting to a double eagle you know they might stand this guy off on the ball snap the two eyes getting to a zero the mike backers getting to a three and they're dropping a safety from the boundaries the mic turning into old bear 46 so you know as a coach you're just breaking that down and all you're doing you're simplifying it for your players you know, you're getting in front of the screen and saying, okay, hey, guys, when they do this, this is what they're doing. So, you know, you got some smart coaches there. You'll be able to figure that out. Um, but, you know, like anything else, if you can run the ball, all that stuff doesn't matter. You know, I remember Norm Parker saying when we used to play, 
we played Michigan with 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 Rich Rod, and they were going no huddle. Anytime we played a no huddle team, you know, and people would talk about tempo and, and Norm Falaza, you know, if they go three and out, you ain't got to worry about being tired, right? So, you know, just like this, if if you can run the ball, you ain't worried about where them guys are lined up. You just got to get a hat on a hat, and you know, you got a quarterback and you got a center with a ton of experience. Um, you know, they're going to direct to where guys are going to go. They're going to identify the fronts. They're going to call the fronts. They're going to get you in the right protections. They're going to get you in the right place. When you got a week and you got a, you, you got a scouting report and you see the structures and you see all those things, man, you know, like I said, nobody is inventing anything new in football. You just have to figure out what the hell they're doing on the snap. And that's why you pay coaches the money they do to teach those kids that stuff for Saturday. Kaz, gonna switch gears, get your take before we say goodbye. Gonna be uh, a madhouse in Iowa City as Penn State rolls to town. That that'll be something fierce. Is there a game between Notre Dame, Nebraska, or Iowa that that always is just burned into your mind? Uh, one, just a night game, a moment, uh, something uh, you can recall from your time. Oh man, you know, I mean, gosh, man, they're just just. You know, there's so many, um, you know, probably Notre Dame as a player, man, just, you know, beating Texas, down in Texas on a last-second field goal. I think, you know, we were down, I think down two scores in the fourth quarter, and, you know, it was really fun. It was before cell phones, and nobody recorded me what I was saying. The old visitor's tunnel was right under the uh, right under the stands. I, I had some fun with some Texas fans there, so I really enjoyed that game. Went on the last second field goal. And I'm sure you were humble at the end of that Texas game. Extremely humble. Extremely <laughs> humble. With uh, I used both hands. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. You know, but as a coach, I mean, gosh, man, so many, so many dang games. You know, Iowa, you know, go back to 2000 and 2009, playing, uh, playing Michigan at home at night. I think first play of the game, that I think Michigan was 5-1. and one. I think we were 5-0, and oh, and Michigan kicks off, and Ricky Stanzi throws a pick six, and, you know, <laughs> start the game 7 down seven nothing, and you know, give up uh, give up seven points on uh, on the defense's credit card, and hadn't even played a snap. And then, you know, Brett Greenwood, we finished that game. Uh, we knocked out knocked out a uh, their quarterback. Uh, oh, I can't remember that crazy nut job. Uh, I think he transferred to Montana. Was a great player, and uh, we we discovered shoelace for him. So Claiborne knocked out their first string quarterback, and then that's how shoelace got. So four CA gets put in the hospital, and here comes shoelace. Here comes shoelace, and we hadn't seen him on film. And he, next thing you know, we're, we're they're driving down the field to finish the game. And Brett uh, Brett Greenwood, a uh, great player at Iowa, unbelievable kid, uh, picks off a ball to end it. You know, Penn State, two thousand eight, we're five and four. They're nine and zero, second in the country. We went in a last second field goal. You know, just 
you know, heck, I mean, the Wisconsin game at, at Nebraska, um, mm. you know, just the roar of the crowd on that fumble, the Miami game, heck, the Michigan game in 2012. I mean, when you're in it, you know, you, you appreciate it, but not quite as much as, as when you, you get a little bit spoiled. And, you know, uh, when, when you're involved with it your entire life and you're around those games and you're walking those sidelines, you, you, can tend, you, can, you, you have a tendency to take it for granted. I, I wouldn't say take it for granted, but maybe not take it in quite as much. But to be a part of that stuff for, for that long is just, just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, there wasn't too many, too many games that uh, – that uh, wasn't a privilege to be on the on the sideline with, but man, there's so many games. But you know, heck, I got I got way more enjoyment out of uh, out of seeing other people have success and having my own success as a player. It'd be a crazy atmosphere in Iowa City. Two great defenses, man. That one's going to come down to come down to turnovers once again. When you look at all these games coming up and the meat of the Big Ten got these slugfests, man, it's going to be a turnover game, and that's something that people got to focus on because, man, these defense, it's unbelievable. I don't, I don't know if, if the Big Ten has had this many great defenses in a year. Going back 20 years, absolutely phenomenal what, uh, what these defensive coordinators are doing in that league right now. Rick Kaczynski. Kaz, we'll be watching Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Absolutely, my man. Thanks for having me on. Gotta love a Tuesday with Kaz. Good insight on Michigan, Nebraska, the moment, the atmosphere, the stage, the opportunity, and yes, the urgency for the Big Red. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman for joining us from The Athletic and uh, Jim Brandstatter, voice of Wolverine football. Tomorrow, midweek edition, Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, Give us a review, good, bad, or ugly. Tell us what you think. Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Download us, take us with your convenience. It don't cost you nothing. Enjoy that. Tomorrow, a Matt Schick from Schick and Nick Siding. Sirius XM ESPN uh, Sundays. Uh, Schick with us tomorrow. Mike Babcock. And then Insider, the man who knew Harbaugh was going back to Michigan. Uh, Greg Henson makes his return. Michigan Insider. Thanks to Connor Schmitty. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity.